Hello, and welcome to Harry Potter and the Methods of Rationality, the podcast. Written by Eliezer Yudkowsky, read by Inyash Brodsky, based on the works of J.K. Rowling. Second half of Chapter 19, Delayed Gratification. Professor Quirrell turned away, and when he turned back a moment later, he once again seemed calm and composed. Dark wizards cannot keep their tempers, Professor Quirrell said quietly. It is a nearly universal flaw of the species, and anyone who makes a habit of fighting them soon learns to rely on it. Understand that the Dark Lord did not win that day. His goal was to learn martial arts, and yet he left without a single lesson. The Dark Lord was foolish to wish that story retold. It did not show his strength, but rather an exploitable weakness. Professor Quirrell's gaze focused on a single child in the classroom. Harry Potter. Yes, Harry said, his voice hoarse. What precisely did you do wrong today, Mr. Potter? Harry felt like he was going to throw up. I lost my temper. That is not precise. I will describe it more exactly. There are many animals which have what are called dominance contests. They rush at each other with horns, trying to knock each other down, not gore each other. They fight with their paws, with claws sheathed. But why with their claws sheathed? Surely, if they use their claws, they would stand a better chance of winning? But then their enemy might unsheath their claws as well, and instead of resolving the dominance contest with a winner and a loser, both of them might be severely hurt. Professor Quirrell's gaze seemed to come straight out at Harry from the repeater screen. What you demonstrated today, Mr. Potter, is that, unlike those animals who keep their claws sheathed and accept the results, you do not know how to lose a dominance contest. When a Hogwarts professor challenged you, you did not back down. When it looked like you might lose, you unsheathed your claws heedless of the danger. You escalated, and then you escalated again. It started with a slap at you from Professor Snape, who is obviously dominant over you. Instead of losing, you slapped back and lost ten points from Ravenclaw. Soon, you were talking about leaving Hogwarts. The fact that you escalated even further in some unknown direction, and somehow won at the end, does not change the fact that you are an idiot. I understand, Harry said. His throat was dry. That had been precise. Frighteningly precise. Now that Professor Quirrell had said it, Harry could see in hindsight that it was an exactly accurate description of what had happened. When someone's model of you was that good, you had to wonder whether they were right about other things too, like your intent to kill. The next time, Mr. Potter, that you choose to escalate a contest rather than lose, you may lose all the stakes you place on the table. I cannot guess what they were today. I can guess that they were far, far too high for the loss of ten house points. Like the fate of Magical Britain. That was what he'd done. You will protest that you are trying to help all of Hogwarts, a much more important goal worthy of great risks. That is a lie. If you had been... I would have taken the slap, waited, and picked the best possible time to make my move, Harry said, his voice hoarse. But that would have meant losing, letting him be dominant over me. It was what the Dark Lord couldn't do with the master he wanted to learn from. Professor Quirrell nodded. I see that you have understood perfectly. And so, Mr. Potter, today you are going to learn how to lose. I... I will not hear any objections, Mr. Potter. 
It is evident both that you need this and that you are strong enough to take it. I assure you that your experience will not be so harsh as what I went through, though you may well remember it as the worst 15 minutes of your young life. Harry swallowed. Professor Quirrell, can we do this some other time? No. You are five days into your Hogwarts education and already this has happened. Today is Friday. Our next defense class is on Wednesday. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. No, we do not have time to wait. There were a few laughs at this, but very few. Please consider it an order from your professor, Mr. Potter. What I would like to say is that otherwise I will not teach you any offensive spells, because I would then hear that you had severely hurt or even killed someone. Unfortunately, I am told that your fingers are already powerful weapons. Do not snap them at any time during this lesson. More scattered laughter, sounding rather nervous. Harry felt like he might cry. Professor Quirrell, if you do anything like what you talked about, it's going to make me angry, and I really would rather not get angry again today. The point is not to avoid getting angry. Anger is natural. You need to learn how to lose even when you are angry. Or at least pretend to lose so that you can plan your vengeance. As I did with Mr. Goyle today. Unless, of course, any of you think he really is better. I'm not! Shouted Mr. Goyle from his desk, sounding a little frantic. I know you didn't really lose. Please don't plan any vengeances! Harry felt sick to his stomach. Professor Quirrell didn't know about his mysterious dark side. Professor, we really need to talk about this after class. We will, Professor Quirrell said in the tones of a promise. After you learn how to lose. His face was serious. It should go without saying that I will exclude anything which could injure you or even cause you significant pain. The pain will come from the difficulty of losing instead of fighting back and escalating the battle until you win. Harry's breath was coming in short, panicky pants. He was more frightened than he'd been after leaving the potions classroom. Professor Quirrell, he managed to say, I don't want you to get fired over this. I will not be, if you tell them afterward that it was necessary. And this I trust you to do. For a moment, Professor Quirrell's voice turned very dry. Believe me, they have tolerated worse in their hallways. This case will be exceptional only in that it happens within a classroom. Professor Quirrell, do you really believe that if I don't do this, I might hurt someone? Yes. Professor Quirrell said simply. Then, Harry felt nauseous, I'll do it. Professor Quirrell turned to regard the Slytherins. So, with the full approval of your teacher, and in such a fashion that Snape cannot be blamed for your actions, do any of you wish to show your dominance over the boy who lived? Shove him around, push him to the ground, hear him beg for your mercy. Five hands went up. Everyone with your hand raised, you are an absolute idiot. What part of pretending to lose did you not understand? If Harry Potter does become the next Dark Lord, he will hunt you down and kill you after he graduates. The five hands dropped abruptly back to their desks. I won't, Harry said, his voice coming out rather weakly. I swear never to take vengeance upon those who helped me learn to lose. Professor Quirrell, would you please stop that? Professor Quirrell sighed. I am sorry, Mr. Potter. I realize that you must find this equally annoying whether you intend to become a Dark Lord or not. But those children also had an important life lesson to learn. Would it be acceptable if I awarded you a quarrel point in apology? Make it two, Harry said. 
There was a current of surprised laughter, diffusing some of the tension. Done. And after I graduate, I'm going to hunt you down and tickle you. There was more laughter, although Professor Quirrell didn't smile. Harry felt like he was wrestling an anaconda, trying to force the conversation through the narrow course that would make people realize he wasn't a Dark Lord after all. Why was Professor Quirrell so suspicious of him? Professor, said Draco's unamplified voice, it is also not my own ambition to become a stupid Dark Lord. There was a shocked silence in the classroom. You don't have to do this, Harry almost blurted out loud, but checked himself in time. Draco might not wish it known that he was doing this out of friendship for Harry, or out of the desire to appear friendly. Calling that a desire to appear friendly made Harry feel small and mean. If Draco had intended to impress him, it was working perfectly. Professor Quirrell was regarding Draco gravely. You worry that you cannot pretend to lose, Mr. Malfoy? That this flaw which describes Harry Potter also describes you? Surely your father taught you better. When it comes to talking, maybe, said Draco, now on the repeater screen. Not when it comes to being shoved around and pushed to the ground. I want to be fully as strong as you, Professor Quirrell. Professor Quirrell's eyebrows went up and stayed up. I am afraid, Mr. Malfoy, that the arrangements I made for Mr. Potter, involving some older Slytherins who will be told afterward how stupid they were, would not carry over onto you. But it is my professional opinion that you are already very strong. Should I hear that you have failed, as Mr. Potter failed today, I will make the appropriate arrangements and apologize to you and whomever you have hurt. I do not think that will be necessary, however. I understand, Professor, said Draco. Professor Quirrell looked over the class. Does anyone else wish to become strong? Some students glanced around nervously. Some, Harry thought from his back row, looked like they were opening their mouths but not saying anything. In the end, no one spoke. Draco Malfoy will be one of the generals of your year's armies, should he deign to engage in that after-school activity. And now, Mr. Potter, please come forward. Yes, Professor Quirrell had said, it must be in front of everyone, in front of your friends, because that is where Snape confronted you, and that is where you must learn to lose. So now the first year watched. In magically enforced silence and with requests from both Harry and the professor not to intervene. Hermione had her face turned away, but she hadn't spoken out or even given him any sort of significant look, maybe because she'd been there in potions too. Harry stood on a soft blue mat, such as might be found in a muggle dojo, which Professor Quirrell had laid out upon the floor for when Harry was pushed down. Harry was frightened of what he might do. If Professor Quirrell was right about his intent to kill... Harry's wand lay on Professor Quirrell's desk, not because Harry knew any spells that could defend him, but because otherwise, Harry thought, he might have tried to jam it through someone's eye socket. His pouch lay there, now containing his protected but still potentially fragile time-turner. Harry had pleaded with Professor Quirrell to transfigure him some boxing gloves and lock them on his hands. Professor Quirrell had given him a look of silent understanding and refused. I will not go for their eyes. I will not go for their eyes. I will not go for their eyes. It would be the end of my life in Hogwarts. I'll be arrested, Harry chanted to himself, trying to hammer the thought into his brain, hoping it would stay there if his intent to kill took over. Professor Quirrell returned, escorting thirteen older Slytherins of different years. Harry recognized one of them as the one he'd hit with a pie. Two others from that confrontation were also present. 
the one who'd said to stop that they really shouldn't be doing this, was missing. I repeat, Professor Quirrell said, sounding very stern. Potter is not to be really hurt. Any and all accidents will be treated as deliberate. Do you understand? The older Slytherins nodded, grinning. Then please feel free to take the boy who lived down a few pegs, Professor Quirrell said, with a twisted smile that only the first years understood. By some form of mutual consent, the pie target was at the front of the group. Potter, said Professor Quirrell, meet Peregrine Derrick. He is better than you, and he is about to show you that. Derek strode forward, and Harry's brain screamed discordantly. He must not run away. He must not fight back. Derek stopped an arm length away from Harry. Harry wasn't angry yet, just frightened. And that meant he beheld a teenage boy fully half a meter taller than himself, with clearly defined muscles, facial hair, and a grin of terrible anticipation. Ask him not to hurt you, Professor Quirrell said. Perhaps if he sees that you're pathetic enough, he'll decide that you're boring and go away. There was laughter from the watching older Slytherins. Please don't hurt me. That didn't sound very sincere. Derek's smile widened. The clumsy imbecile was looking very superior and... Harry's blood temperature was dropping. Please don't hurt me, Harry tried again. Professor Quirrell shook his head. How in Merlin's name did you manage to make that sound like an insult, Potter? There is only one response you can possibly expect from Mr. Derrick. Derrick stepped forward deliberately and bumped into Harry. Harry staggered back a few feet and, before he could stop himself, straightened up icily. Wrong, 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 wrong. You bumped into me, Potter, Derrick said. Apologize. I'm sorry. You don't sound sorry. Harry's eyes widened in indignation. He had managed to make that sound pleading. Derek pushed him, hard, and Harry fell to the mat on his hands and knees. The blue fabric seemed to waver in Harry's vision not far away. He was beginning to doubt Professor Quirrell's real motives in teaching him this so-called lesson. A foot rested on Harry's buttocks, and a moment later, Harry was pushed hard to the side, sending him sprawling on his back. Derek laughed. This is fun. All he had to do was say it was over and report the whole thing to the headmaster's office. That would be the end of this defense professor and his ill-fated stay at Hogwarts, and Professor McGonagall would be angry about that. But... An image of Professor McGonagall's face flashed before his eyes. She didn't look angry, just sad. Now, tell him that he's better than you, Potter, said Professor Quirrell's voice. You're better than me. Harry started to raise himself, and Derek put a foot on his chest and shoved him back down to the mat. The world was becoming transparent as crystal. Lines of action and their consequences stretched out before him in utter clarity. The fool wouldn't be expecting him to strike back. A quick hit in the groin would stun him long enough for... Try again, said Professor Quirrell, and with a sudden sharp motion, Harry rolled and sprang to his feet and whirled on where stood his real enemy, the defense professor. You have no patience. Harry faltered. His mind, well honed in pessimism, drew a picture of a wizened old man with blood pouring out from his mouth after Harry had ripped his tongue out.
A moment later, Derek pushed Harry to the mat again and then sat down on him, sending Harry's breath whooshing out. Stop! Harry screamed. Please stop! Better. That even sounded sincere. It had been. That was the horrible thing, the sickening thing. It had been sincere. Harry was panting rapidly, fear and cold anger both flushing through him. Lose, said Professor Quirrell. I lose, Harry forced out. I like it, Derek said from on top of him. Lose some more. Hands shoved Harry, sending him stumbling across the circle of older Slytherins to another set of hands that shoved him again. Harry had long since passed the point of trying not to cry, and was now just trying not to fall down. What are you, Potter? said Derek. I lose, sir. I lose. I give up. You're better than me. Please stop. Harry tripped over a foot and went crashing to the ground, hands not quite able to catch himself. He was dazed for a moment, then began struggling to his feet again. Enough, said Professor Quirrell's voice, sounding sharp enough to cut iron. Step away from Mr. Potter. Harry saw the surprised looks on their faces. The chill in his blood, which had been flowing and ebbing, smiled in cold satisfaction. Then Harry collapsed to the mat. Professor Quirrell talked. There were gasps from the older Slytherins. And I believe the scion of Malfoy has something he wants to explain to you as well, finished Professor Quirrell. Draco's voice started talking. His voice sounded almost as sharp as Professor Quirrell's. It had acquired the same cadence Draco had used to imitate his father, and it was saying things like, Could have put Slytherin House in jeopardy, and Who knows how many allies in this school alone, and Total lack of awareness, never mind cunning, and Dull thugs, useful for nothing but lackeys. And something in Harry's hindbrain, despite everything he knew, was designating Draco as an ally. Harry ached all over, was probably bruised, his body felt cold, his mind utterly exhausted. He tried to think of Fox's song, but without the phoenix present he couldn't remember the melody, and when he tried to imagine it, he couldn't seem to think of anything except a bird chirping. Then Draco stopped talking, and Professor Quirrell told the older Slytherins they were dismissed, and Harry opened his eyes and struggled to sit up. Wait, Harry said, forcing the words out. There's something I want to say to them. Wait on Mr. Potter, Professor Quirrell said coldly to the departing Slytherins. Harry swayed to his feet. He was careful not to look in the direction of his classmates. He didn't want to see how they were looking at him now. He didn't want to see their pity. So instead, Harry looked at the older Slytherins, who still seemed to be in a state of shock. They stared back at him. Dread was on their faces. His dark side, when it was in control, had held to the imagination of this moment and went on pretending to lose. Harry said, No one will... Stop, said Professor Quirrell. If that's what I think it is, please wait until after they're gone. They'll hear about it later. We all have our lessons to learn, Mr. Potter. All right. You. Go. The older Slytherins fled and closed the door behind them. No one's to take any revenge on them, Harry said hoarsely. That's a request to anyone who considers themselves my friend. I had my lesson to learn. They helped me learn it. They had their lesson to learn too. It's over. If you tell the story, 
Make sure you tell that part, too. Harry turned to look at Professor Quirrell. You lost, said Professor Quirrell, his voice gentle for the first time. It sounded strange coming from the professor, like his voice shouldn't even be able to do that. Harry had lost. There had been moments when the cold anger had faded entirely, replaced by fear, and during those moments he'd begged the older Slytherins and he'd meant it. And, are you yet alive? said Professor Quirrell, still with that strange gentleness. Harry managed to nod. Not all losing is like this. There are compromises and negotiated surrenders. There are other ways to placate bullies. There is a whole art form to manipulating others by letting them be dominant over you. But first, losing must be thinkable. Will you remember how you lost? Yes. Will you be able to lose? I think so. I think so too. Professor Quirrell bowed so low that his thin hair almost touched the floor. Congratulations, Harry Potter. You win. There was no single source, no first mover. The applause started all at once like a massive thunderclap. Harry couldn't keep the shock from his face. He risked a glance at his classmates, and he saw their faces showing not pity, but awe. The applause was coming from Ravenclaw and Gryffindor and Hufflepuff and even Slytherin, probably because Draco Malfoy was applauding too. Some students were standing up from their chairs, and half of Gryffindor was standing on their desks. So Harry stood there, swaying, letting their respect wash over him, feeling stronger, and maybe even a little healed. Professor Quirrell waited for the applause to die away. It took a while. Surprised, Mr. Potter? Professor Quirrell said. His voice sounded amused. You have just found out that the real world does not always work like your worst nightmares. Yes, if you had been some poor anonymous boy being abused, then they would probably have respected you less afterward. Pitied you, even as they comforted you from their loftier perches. That is human nature, I'm afraid. But you, they already know for a figure of power. And they saw you confront your fear and keep confronting it, even though you could have walked away at any time. Did you think less of me when I told you I had deliberately endured being spat upon? Harry felt a burning sensation in his throat and frantically clamped down. He didn't trust this miraculous respect enough to start crying again in front of it. Your extraordinary achievement in my class deserves an extraordinary reward, Harry Potter. Please accept it with my compliments on behalf of my house, and remember from this day forward that not all Slytherins are alike. There are Slytherins, and then there are Slytherins. Professor Quirrell was smiling quite broadly as he said this. 51 points to Ravenclaw. There was a shocked pause, and then pandemonium broke out among the Ravenclaw students, howling and whistling and cheering. And in the same moment, Harry felt something wrong about that. Professor McGonagall had been right. There should have been consequences. There should have been a cost and a price to be paid. You couldn't just put everything back the way it was like that. But Harry saw the elated faces in Ravenclaw and knew he couldn't possibly say no. His brain made a suggestion. It was a good suggestion. Harry could not even believe his brain was still keeping him upright, let alone producing good suggestions. Professor Quirrell, Harry said, as clearly as he could through his burning throat. You are everything a member of your house should be, and I think you must be just what Salazar Slytherin had in mind when he helped found Hogwarts. I thank you and your house. Draco was very slightly nodding and subtly turning his finger, keep going. And I think this calls for three cheers for Slytherin. With me, everyone? Harry paused. 
Huzzah! Only a few people managed to join in on the first try. Huzzah! This time, most of Ravenclaw was in on it. Huzzah! That was almost all of Ravenclaw, a scattering of Hufflepuffs, and around a quarter of Gryffindor. Draco's hand moved into a small, quick, thumbs-up gesture. Most of the Slytherins had expressions of sheer shock. A few were staring at Professor Quirrell in wonder. Blaise Zabini was looking at Harry with a calculating, intrigued expression. Professor Quirrell bowed. Thank you, Harry Potter, he said, still with that broad smile. He turned to the class. Now, believe it or not, we still have half an hour left in this session, and that is enough to introduce the simple shield. Mr. Potter, of course, is going off and taking a well-earned rest. I can... Idiot, Professor Quirrell said fondly. The class was already laughing. Your classmates can teach you afterward, or I'll tutor you privately if that's what it takes. But right now, you're going through the third door from the left in the back of the stage, where you will find a bed, an assortment of exceptionally tasty snacks, and some extremely light reading from the Hogwarts library. You may not take anything else with you, particularly not your textbooks. Now go. Harry went. End chapter 19 Thank you to the following people. Gregory Goyle, Anthony Westbrook Peregrine Derrick by Zach Gerlach This chapter's original text, production notes, and attribution links, along with archives and much more, can be found at hpmorpodcast.com. If you would like to learn more about the art of rationality, please visit lesswrong.com, an online community of aspiring rationalists founded by Eliezer Yudkowsky. Some sound effects used are courtesy of the Free Sound Project. The music used is Catch That Goblin by Skaven. Thank you for listening, and please come back next week for Chapter 20, Bayes' Theorem.